Hey there, you're tuning in to Loki by Oki, our easygoing sessions for hotel professionals where we chat about industry trends, issues, and solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, warm welcome to the very, very first uh, podcast with uh, the Loki by Oki pod, uh, and the very, very first one that we're doing online. We're doing this so we can have some really, really amazing guests that sometimes have a hard time traveling to beautiful Amsterdam. Uh, and so we can reach a bigger pool for our amazing audience. And today we have uh, someone that is nothing short of amazing. She's an author. She's a founder. She's a, she speaks, she's uh, doing great gigs at a ho hotel school. Uh, she wrote a book uh, and recently she published a diagram that is simplifying the hotel technology landscape. One of the most complex things uh, in the world, maybe. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am so happy to bring to you at the Loki by Oki podcast, Ira Vuk. Welcome to the podcast, Ira. <laughs> hi, hi. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for the warm introduction. Oh my God, it's, I started blushing here behind the stage. <laughs> Absolutely, Thank you it. deserve it. Hey, uh, how are you doing? Welcome to the pod. Great, great. It's a nice sunny uh, morning in San Diego here. Nothing to complain about. Life is great. Holidays coming up and I'm excited about this conversation. My Me favorite too. topic, as you know. Yeah, is it? <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to ask, Ira, with all of these things that you've been doing and being like a legend in the industry, like how, how did it come about that you got into hospitality and why do you love it so much? Uh, I think some uh, many people have probably seen my story on LinkedIn and I've mentioned it before also in my book. I actually started in housekeeping and this is like a typical American dream story that I love to tell that tells you like anything is possible if you have a dream, if you have a goal. As an immigrant 20 years ago, I came to America to a little town of Syracuse, New York, and I, my first job was cleaning rooms and at a hotel of a couple hotels and, and toilets at a truck stop. And uh, I worked 90 hours a week, and this is how it all started. Wow. And then slowly, gradually, I started moving up to different operational roles in the property, and then uh, corporate roles in the management company, and then uh, starting my own thing with revenue management consulting, starting a tech company, uh, first RMS that had machine learning built in, and this is how I got into tech, and it just consumed me. <laughs> And then after 20, I don't know, many years. Many years, 20. It's been <laughs> actually just... exactly 20 years. Uh, okay, okay, good, good. August, yeah, this <laughs> mm -hmm. So after about 20 years, you decided now is the time to simplify the world of ho the hotel tech landscape. And you yeah. created this diagram that many people have seen uh, roaming around uh, LinkedIn and the internet. Why did you decide to make this? Well, before I started simplifying it, it took me a while to understand how complex it is, right? And it doesn't look like this from like when you start, like for example, a lot of um, technology vendors, uh, founders of tech companies, when they get into our industry, and I was one myself, you know, 13, 13 years ago when I started my tech company, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know how, how convoluted this space was. It took me years to understand all the dynamics of the relationships, all the different types of uh, segments in our industry and different categories of technologies yeah. and the integration dependencies between them and who is at the top, who rules the world and <laughs> yeah. all those things that, that how it works. It took me years. And then when I finally understood it and my brain works in the manner that I uh, accumulate 
enough of critical information in my brain. I once I started wanting to share. And when I share, I structure it the way that is very easy to communicate to others. And this mm -hmm. is what I do. Like when I write my books, my write my articles, the same thing with the, uh, the tech ecosystem. Uh, my brain just automatically decided, and I wrote it on a napkin. Like I woke up in Colorado. I actually saw it in my dream. I woke up <laughs> nice. and I put it on a napkin literally within like 20 minutes. And then I started inputting it in the computer within a few hours. It was born and um, it just, it, it was embraced by the industry because it is really easy to read and it's really easy to understand, yeah. but behind it, there is so much, like there's so much knowledge that went in it and so many complicated things. And uh, I think people just feel great about themselves when they see it and then understand it. And, and that's, that's why I think it's been very popular in our industry. So, so for people listening in, it's going to be people that see this live, but it'll also be a lot of people just listening to the audio. We will link, of course, to Ira's uh, diagram of the hotel tech ecosystem. Mm -hmm. But you have stuff like guest apps, revenue stuff, PMS stuff, uh, yeah. CRM, like distribution stuff, marketing sales. There's tons of things. I, I sometimes speak to founders uh, who just say, uh, who have like exited companies in the hotel tech space and then try try another industry? And they're like, it's so much easier. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're not in the hotel yeah, tech space, for that, right? Yeah. But why is it that it's so complicated? Yeah, great question. And that's why I said there's a reason for that. So that is um, the reason behind the 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 complexity of our tech ecosystem is the complexity of the industry itself different and the fragmentation of our the hospitality in industry and if we take lodging in particular in the the diagram i wrote is for for lodging segment of the hospitality industry the lodging part of our industry is very very complex itself it's fragmented there is so many different types of players there in terms of uh, the segments that we're in you know their independence their uh, franchised companies, there's mid-market with different brands, but there are also different types of hotels, like of lodging properties within those segments, you know, the luxury, mid-scale, you know, limited service, uh, there are different sizes and um, the there are different stakeholders. For example, there's, uh, if you take a franchise properties, there is a brand, there is a management company, there is an owner. And if you take an in independent property, there's over a million like almost a million of um, individual owners operators and they all have a different opinion on how things should work and what they need so because the industry itself is so so fragmented this resulted in um, a very very complex situation on the on the supplier side technology supplier side because they these little companies that exist and some of them are of course large and have scaled uh, in our industry but many are very small they exist to serve a specific niche, specific segment, specific type, specific even use case sometimes uh, of our industry. That's why there are so many of them. And it's very, very hard. It's almost, not almost, it's impossible for one company to target everything. So that's why we don't have a situation where we would have like one PMS that works for all or one CRS that works for all. Uh, or you know any type of technology solution that would actually be great for all different types of clients, customers of technology that exist. And that's the main reason, obviously. And there is also integration dependencies, which we can also kind of touch on. <laughs> Let's not go there. We always go there. <laughs> it's, it's but, uh, 
And, and, and all of these different use cases, Ira, do they stem from that there are so many different needs from the travelers? Or do they stem from just operators thinking, we just have to create a new brand because there's a little something or we have to differentiate? Like, What's the driving factor behind all of these use cases, you think? That's a great question. Um, so the thing is that the different types of needs of the travelers they actually add to the complexity, but the complexity is, exists in itself. Um, and it exists because there have been historically, like the way our industry has been developing, different types of business, businesses uh, started existing. You know, some are private, some are public companies, some are small and large, but those businesses, they also cater to different types of, uh, of customer segments that kind of overlap also and there is you know we know there's leisure there is um business there's leisure there's group there's individuals uh individual businesses or customers so that complexity on that side which is not as bad as complexity on our side but it kind of adds up so it's it's both but the the fragmentation is uh, the major part of the fragmentation is on our side, not on the customer side. But again, it, it just adds to the situation. Yeah. I, we are going to come back to whether we think that we will have more or less fragmentation in the future. But let's let's come back to that. Yeah. I noticed from the diagram that the PMS is kind mm. of in the center, in the yeah. heart. Yeah. When I go to trade shows, there there's often a conversation. Should um, a CD, uh, let, let's say, let's not use too many acronyms, a customer data platform, CRM, a customer yeah. relationship management, where, where you store data, should yeah. that be the heart or should the PMS remain the heart of the hotel? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, so that's a great question and I love talking about it as well. So the thing is that we probably wish there was, we hoteliers wish there was, um, less dependency on the PMS as the piece, main piece of our tax stack. Why, why, why is that? Because, uh, because it causes issues. So when it comes to integrations, because PMS sits at the core of our tax stack, and the reason for that is because it sits on the most valuable data in our data ecosystem, which is another <laughs> conversation. Um, it's the reservations and the stay data, right? And the ARI data as well. So the PMS right now in me, in most cases is the source of truth. And because of that, it kind of dictates the rules. So 90% mm -hmm. um, of technology solutions in our industry can't function independently on their own as standalone solutions. They have to consume the data from the PMS in order to function. You know, you take an RMS, you take a CRM, whatever it is, it has to get data from the PMS. And because of that dependency, that causes a lot of issues where, and I was in those shoes 13 years ago when I created an RMS company where I realized I have a product, amazing product, it can't function if I don't have any integrations. The problem is also there are almost 1,000 PMS providers in our industry. So is, if, is it that many? <laughs> it's wow. that many, yes. And I mean, many uh, of them uh, are But, really but if you break it down, uh, because the 80-20 rule has to exist there too. Yes, absolutely. absolutely so how, yeah. how many do you think make up like 80% of the market? Um, it's, it's hard to say. I don't think there has been a single company that has dared to actually uh, analyze that. And I think you should reveal it. Now on the Oki podcast, <laughs> we should know. We, I, I know that Skiff has tried uh, to do the research in this area. 
I don't know if anybody has the specific data on that because it's really hard to measure. Hotels mm -hmm. normally don't publish what PMS they use. Um, you know, there is some data about, okay, Opera has, you know, 16% of market share in terms of the room count. But then if you take the property count, because they normally are in hotels that are larger, right? Yeah. And then, you know, we have cloud beds that are, they have, you know, 15, 20, 25,000, wherever you are, they are right now. But there's 1.2 million properties in the world, yeah. you know, and, and many PMSs are local, you know, they're only in one language, you know, Italian language, for example. And many PMSs were born uh, because somebody wrote them, uh, built them in-house. So there's just tons of them. And if you're a tech provider, a non-PMS tech provider, and you, you want to cover the entire total addressable market, TAM, of the entire world, you have to build 1000 integrations yeah okay maybe if you want to cover you know 50 percent of the world you won't probably build 300 integrations that's still a lot that requires resources so that's i think mm -hmm. what tech providers don't really realize when they get into our industry uh, before they actually are faced with this reality so this causes a lot of issues with scaling tech companies yeah. in our industry and this is it also causes fragmentation yeah definitely I can, I can testify to that. I was always jealous of companies like uh, Lighthouse or OTA Insight that they could just scale a solution right. where they could just Absolutely. get data online. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I do consulting for tech providers, uh, the first thing I tell them, if there is a way to build a product, at least a version of your product or a mod mm. module of your product that doesn't have a PMS dependency, absolutely go and do it because that's going to allow you to scale much faster than yeah. if you do have to have the data. Yeah, very good. Hey, so... A question that I think many people think about, um, independent hotels have a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. Branded hotels come with guaranteed distribution, maybe loyalty programs, et cetera. But in regards to like, if you were an owner of a, of a nice property uh, with a specific need of creating a really, really great kind of best in breed um, uh, tech stack for your property would you choose to go brand or would you choose to stay independent and why yeah definitely not brand i'm sorry <laughs> those brands out there there's you know many great brands especially when it comes to franchise companies and we have to also differentiate between mid-market brands and franchise top 10 12 whatever that you know number is at this point the top 10 franchise large companies like Wyndham, marriott hyatt you know you name it uh you, we all know those names they have very, very strict guidelines around their tax stack. So they have approved vendors because, and it's, you know, there's a reason for that. They have to make sure everything is seamlessly integrated. They can't just let anybody in through the door. So those guidelines are very strict in terms of what their franchisees are able to use in terms of technology provider. Like taking RMS, for example, it has to be an approved vendor that is integrated within the, the tech stack, the PMS, the CRS. Um, so if you are a, a franchisee of a large, uh, you know, large one of the top 10 companies, you're very limited in terms of your, your flexibility, how to build your tech stack. So if you have a use case that um, as a business, you want to be successful and only this specific provider or maybe a number of providers can cover this use case, but mm. it's not an approved provider by the brand, you're out of luck. There's nothing you can do. You know, you have to use the approved providers. So that means that you're less efficient, you're less profitable, uh, your customers are less happy, right? So if you're an independent provider, the situation right now is that independent operators are much more flexible and they have access to much more modern 
technology than brands. It wasn't, you know, it didn't used to be like that 50, 100 years ago. It was reversed because the brands had money. The brands were innovative. They were building cool tech in in house. But history showed that they're just not good at maintaining their technology and keeping it, you know, up to speed with the 21st century and making sure it's modern in the cloud. It has all the AI components that are needed. And that's why the off the shelf third party solutions um, are there's just so many of them that are great young startup companies that can't get into the branded space because of all those politics and policies and regulations and and uh the approval process so they end up they always normally 90 percent of them or more start from the independent space because it's just yeah. much easier to get into harder to scale but easier to get into that's why independent operators have a wide variety of choices of technology that they can um, they can how they can build their tax tech yeah, for sure. We've gone that journey. The first six, I don't know, five, six years of our company, we had no big chain. And then you get the first one and then you have yeah. to professionalize. Then you have to have audits and you have to do certain things. And, and then now also we are... when you get a big client like that, it, let's say if it's a mid-market brand, let's say it's 100, 200 hotels. But then you, if you're a small startup company, you start working for that client. Like yeah. you are there, I would but, say. But I've, I've heard that many times and I saw someone post on, LinkedIn, it was like some analysis whether a PMS provider was innovative or customer first. And I just commented like, if you're innovative, you're by default customer first because you're doing uh, innovation should stem from uh, like what, yeah. what your customers want. And then a lot of people commented on my comment. No, because if you have all, a huge customer, you become uh, you work yeah. for that customer. That's a very well, good point. Yes, yes. I, I like to think that maybe there's uh, you should there's some virtue in having that people work with you also because you have a shared vision and how you get there can be a little bit uh, this or that route. What, what yeah. we what we decided very early on was to have a super well defined ideal customer profile. So even if we build something for like a big uh, chain, it will almost always benefit everyone else too. So. That is great, yeah, and and this is kind of circles back to what we discussed in the beginning. Um, there are many segments in our industry, and it's hard for a tech company. It's very very hard to be able to serve them all. Them all, and I wouldn't even recommend when I again when I work with tech companies as a consultant, I always tell them find your niche and be good at yeah. what you do for that specific profile of a customer. Maybe it's multiple profiles, but. You can't cover the entire industry. If you're good for independent operators, great. And there are players that have been able to skin, scale again, like, you know, Cloudbag is a good example. Large company, they have scaled in the independent space. But there are players that are really good in the mid-market and there are players yeah. that are like, you know, like Opera by Micros and Oracle and um, in that space. So there's, there's stuff for everyone. And that's why, again, there is a fragmentation of our industry as a result. Hey, so something else. I was in Dubai the, the other week and I talked to two uh, revenue managers. Mm -hmm. One was a revenue manager for an asset management company. He had a bunch of brands underneath him, hotels in Dubai. And the other one worked for Hilton. So the asset management revenue manager, I asked them, what do you guys get your bonus based on? And mm -hmm. the asset manager guy, he was incentivized on gross operating profit. Awesome. Uh, and the other guy, Hilton, what do you think he was incentivized? Oh, my God. No, of, of course, RevPAR. Of course, RevPAR. <laughs> yeah. I love And, and uh, the SDR <laughs> ranking, RDI. Yeah. yeah. So is... 
why did why why is Revpar such a prevalent benchmark in our industry? Okay, great. I love this. I love this. So going back to the conversation in the beginning, the the fragmentation, the three-legged stool, right? We have situation where we have different stakeholders in our in our industry. We have the owner, we have the operator, which is represented by a management company, yeah. and we have the brand, the franchisor. So these three different stakeholders, they have different needs and different ways to measure success the owners actually care about the profit because that's why they're in business in most cases you know there's some ex ex exceptions but they're in the business because they want the cash flow they want money which is measured in go par and that's why when you talk to asset managers we talk to owners this is what they're after because they want to make money i mean they that's their investment uh but the management companies uh, they are the operators, they, in many cases, are management companies. Their um, contracts with the owners are structured around REFPAR. It's a percentage off of REFPAR, not even total REFPAR. It's just room revenue, top line room revenue. So they're, um, uh, they are incentivized by only growing REFPAR, even if it hurts the bottom line, if it, mm. if it goes against the profits, which it, it can. Like mathematically, there are many situations where Profit and ref park can go in opposite directions. And then we take franchise companies. Again, their contracts with the owners are structured around ref par growth. Plus, there is stock price and other things. But yes, they are after ref par, and this is how they are how they measure their success. So the thing is that our industry has been driven mainly by management companies and franchisors because they have had a stronger voice since the beginning of the evolution of the revenue management discipline, let's say 30, 40 years ago. So they've been driving the uh, the the development of the revenue management discipline. Hence the name. It shouldn't even be revenue. It should be profit, right? But we, mm -hmm. we named it revenue because they wanted it. So they've been driving the development of the discipline in their direction. And that's why there is almost not a single RMS right now that has profit no. as the, the target for optimization. Yeah. The one that I built... Not to brag, but it did have, we did have <laughs> all the components necessary, assuming yeah. we have the data, which is another issue, you know, now the sure. question, how do you bring in expenses, but that's a separate conversation. But this is the reality is right now, this is why has, we haven't really been evolving in the direction of maximizing profit, but right now, owners, asset management companies, they have a stronger voice and, you know, we're yeah. hearing them finally. I also think it very much sounds like we're going to go into that direction more and more that we talk to yeah. talk more about Trevpar, Gopar, etc. Uh, but you have to change people's incentives in order to change behavior. Yeah, so absolutely. so it has to start there. Hey, we're, we're almost on time for, for it. But because Fabrizia, who is managing the podcast, is not here, I'm going to take the liberty of extending it with a few minutes. Sure. There's something very interesting that I want to talk you, to you about. And Sometimes you talk about, you know, where is the industry in like five years or something? But mm -hmm. I thought we would take a really long leap. So yeah. where are we in 30 years from now? 30 years. Yeah, that's a that's a big benchmark. So I think um, what we will naturally achieve as an industry is uh, simplification of our our ecosystem. Mm -hmm. uh, both on the buyer and supplier side and mainly on the supplier side. So if you take, I always, when I teach at San Diego State, when I talk to my students, I use the example of a cell phone market, right? Right now, as I mentioned, we have 10, uh, 1,000 PMS providers. So if you, if you use the correlation of the cell phone market, it's like the operating system of a phone, right? So imagine if you had a cell phones and you would have 1,000 different operating systems. And if you want to build an app, 
if you want to target the entire market, you would want to build it for 1,000 different operating systems. Uh, that's a lot of work. So in the cell phone market, we only have two, right? Mainly, you know, we have Android and we have iOS. And I think this is where we will eventually go as a uh, the hospitality industry in the tech the space of our hospitality industry from 1000 maybe not to two maybe we'll get to 20 30 tops but it's going to be much smaller number of of uh, pms providers uh, that will have sophisticated and uh, rich marketplaces like an app store on your phone so if you're a tech provider you would build only to you know a certain number a handful of pmss you wouldn't have to build it to two three 400 PMSs. Uh, so for a tech provider, for a, a seller of technology, it will be a much easier situation to deal with. And then on the buyer side, it's going to be like an ins installing an app from an app store. Like if you want to, to, if you have a specific PMS that you're running your property on, and if you want to subscribe to a, an RMS system, for example, Right now, as we know, you know, it takes two, three months. You go to a trade show, you or you maybe you do demos, you speak to different vendors, uh, you understand how they work, you pick one, you subscribe before you know what you're getting yourself into. You sign the contract for three years. A few months later, you realize it doesn't work for you. You can't get out of the contract. You're screwed and on and on. So with the new model, this cell phone market model, as I call it, um, you're going to be able to install an app, an app from your from the marketplace that the PMS provides. Uh, you will be able to do a free 30-day trial because the data is gonna be seamlessly flowing. You won't need you know, 10 weeks off onboarding process with the integration being built because everything is gonna be in place. And you're gonna be able to try it out for free for 30 days. So it's gonna be a full self-service self -service SaaS model. I think this is where we're going. I can't say when exactly that's gonna happen, whether it's gonna be five, 10 or 20 or 30 years from now. But I think naturally it will happen because this is what different markets have gone through. The path that we're on right now, very similar situation in retail. And again, cell phone, cell phone markets went through that. Social media went through that. So I think eventually we'll get there and it's going to be a happier place for, for <laughs> everyone. Let's see when we get there. Interesting, interesting vision era. Hey, uh, I have one last question, but we need to keep it super short. So I will ask you to keep it to one or two words. Mm -hmm. Charlie Munger, uh, Warren Buffett's uh, side guy, he unfortunately passed away uh, last week or two weeks ago. He had a very interesting concept called inversion. So you mm -hmm. have some people who chase trends, things that change all the time, and they try to create a company or a business to chase those trends. Charlie Munger had this idea that instead of doing that, I'm just going to figure out what never changes. <laughs> And I'm going to mm -hmm. double down and solve for that. I thought that was very fascinating. So on that note, answer in a couple of words only. What about the guest needs do you think will never change? They'll need to continue traveling. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> we'll keep it to that. Then I will go bing. Then yeah. our set, part two of this, uh, this podcast, as always, is a... Uh, humble brag, uh, or uh, just anything that you would like to to share with our listeners. The floor is yours, Ira. Thank you. Uh, I'll try to make it short. I think a lot of people already know me. If you don't, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to answer your questions, or you can find a lot of interesting content on my LinkedIn page. Uh, you can also go to my website, iravoke.com, which is just how my name is spelled. 
And this is where you can find the diagram that I put together. You can also find it on my LinkedIn page. Um, I think my um, my recent brainchild is my online learning course that I, I love to promote. Um, I have a lot of very, very satisfied, very happy students. Um, and it's uh, gaining popularity and a lot of five-star reviews. Um, the um, online learning course is about hospitality technology. Surprise. It's a deep dive in the hospitality technology ecosystem. That's what it's called. A short four-hour um, course, uh, very, uh, very reasonably priced. And it's the first online learning course in our industry that is devoted to hospitality technology. So that's that's my baby. And I, I just I would like to spread the word, spread the knowledge of um, this convoluted ecosystem that we just discussed to a wider audience. So that's essentially what I teach at the San Diego State. And that's available for everyone now. Super era. Thank you for having uh, Loki by Oki being part of uh, your mission. It was a real pleasure uh, talking to you. I learned a lot and I think our listeners did too. Uh, and uh, let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was definitely a lot of fun. Thanks for your questions. Bye-bye. <laughs>